the economy has a lot of wealth in the hands of a small number of people, and uh, people have more money than they know what to do with. The people that have a lot of money have more money than they know what to do with. So we're seeing weird things that aren't don't make sense in the hobby. We're so, but it is a really good point for people to be that are in this for a business to be careful <coughs> that uh, if you're betting everything on uh, continual inflation. It's not a, not a safe move. I know personally, that's uh, why I enjoy uh, things that I'm collecting, like actually putting sets together. And we're going to be doing a bunch of features to help people actually find things that they're probably the only one that's ever going to want. <laughs> and that's fine. That helps. Exactly. That's true. That's true. I got to go. My slogan was like, get rich slow. And so I consistently triple my money, one dollar at a time. <laughs> and come see helps me. Buy for 50 cents and sell for 250. And if I do that about 100 times, I get as much as what Jordan was talking about in the round off here. I mean, I think the, the key though is that, to your point, you have to enjoy what it is. You know, I'm, I, I want to have the coolest Revlar collection, not the most expensive, yeah, yeah. but I have, you know, binders of a thousand of the coolest inserts of Revlar. And no one else on the planet probably has that, you know? And they're just the obscure, weird, cool stuff that I thought was great as a kid that I lusted over. It was $15 then, that's $1.50 now, you know? Because no one cares, no one wants it. But if that all went to zero, I would love it. Yeah, it's my exactly. heart, you know? I, I was telling Jim, it's, go ahead. No, do you Instagram your collection? Not yet, so I- Wouldn't that be an ideal thing? I do once in a while, I do once in a while. No, but you exhaustively, or is that, um, or is it, does it need to be a tease? So I think part of it is, it depends on what you want the narrative to be, right? Social media is about how do you craft a narrative for to attract what you want that to be. So like I said, I'm starting what I'm calling for the hobby, which will be a look at some of my stuff, but also the you know analyzing the $190,000 brown and getting comments from Josh who bought it, right? That's an article we would all read. Why did you buy it? What's the story behind it? Um, that was 15 grand in 2009, you know, how, how did that happen? And so I think the key is to, you know, I've attracted, like I said, the Harrison Bucker stuff, he's kicked for the cheese rep. I show his stuff and his cards and his story and some of my farts that happy birthday to far and I'll show my, you know, my rubies or PMGs or something that's coming. I just think it's a matter of what are you trying to accomplish with it? I don't want everybody to know I have a hundred thousand cards and that I'm, you know, kind of have this hoarding of amazing weird stuff, you know, like I don't really want people trying to get in my basement and, oh, you got in the bank, what do you got? I just want to have it my way. Right. But you know, some people have a, uh, an Instagram personal and an Instagram uh, card Instagram, and they put out certain things there. And I mean, one guy I connect with, he's a doctor, and he's just starting to buy all this crazy stuff, and he's like, I don't put any in my personal life. So it's just a matter of what you want to accomplish. I think the goal would be with For the Hobby is to post things that attract the different, you know, narratives and interview people and things like that. But I don't, I still think the industry hasn't matured to a point from a media standpoint, social media, media articles and things to the point where <coughs> it's getting the true collectors that have amazing stuff to come out of the woodwork. Well, they're private. They're, you don't know about those people. Exactly. You have an amazing collection of twins and senators. Yeah. Sure, most Would of you them. Want, can you, do you systematically present it so that people can have that virtual experience? Or do you want to kind of unveil it? I, I, I like to share it slowly. So I, I won't just go on a daily posting like, here's all my killer roots. Exactly, yeah. But, you know, if I see a discussion about it or something or, you know, someone's talking about how they got their purse, I'll bring up the fact that the day he passed away, I bought a game used bat. Signed. Or if someone wants to bring up uh, him uh, as far as memorabilia, I'll show my game used 62 or 72 um, signed hat that I got. At one of Richard shows, so you have to um, contextualize it or somehow. But yeah, he, he, I, I don't just like to say, you know, hey, I have relics and autos, mostly from Panini, uh, of the top seven home run hitters in baseball: Babe Ruth, Garen, etc. Those are nice, but I don't just want everyone to know, hey, at such and such address, I have all of this, and not that we live in a bad neighborhood, but 
I don't want everyone knowing that, you know, in the basement there's this. Exactly. Go to this binder, because I've seen it in three photos, and it's the third one from the left that has all the vintage. Well, sure, occasionally, yeah, sure. But uh, and more so talk about it, uh, what else is in the binders. But. but I think, Jim, to your point, I mean, I, so I told Jim this earlier, we did an episode about farm, and said so my goal is to get some other kids into the hobby, right? It's a really yeah. interesting thing that we all had a moment, right? And my goal is to have a, uh, a display at the Packer Hall of Fame telling Favre's story, his career through his cards, mm -hmm. right? And then giving a thousand base cards to the Hall of Fame, the first thousand people to walk away with a Brett Favre card. And there it is, and maybe Brett comes into town. And, you know, that moment makes cards <laughs> cool, and there's so many kids, and they, you know, on the way home, the kid, hey, Dad, who's Brett Favre, you know? Because he's used to Aaron Rodgers, right? And he tells the story, and it connects them in a way that's different. So I think if the Minnesota Twins hit him up and said, hey, what if we did a feature on you about this, this, and that? Now, I mean, that's what we need to do, right? I think that's what's next, is you're going to start seeing mainstream tell the stories, and we're going to you know, we're going to kind of discover each other. You know, this is an element of discovery for us in a way that, oh, this is great. You know, how do we connect more? And it could be a random text or an email, but I think that is the key is for us to figure out how are we connecting in a meaningful way and in a way that, that is true to whatever you're trying to accomplish. And I think we have to establish those, those principles and those things that, you know, what's your purpose? What are you trying to do here? If you just want to collect privately, then do that. But a lot of times people have a purpose with their collection and what they're trying to do in the hobby and sometimes selfish, sometimes selfless. And so I think that is that is kind of the brief, I think, is for us to figure that out. So we haven't heard much from Paul and Ray tonight. So let me ask them, when you're listening to all this and you're hearing this talk about... Talk about You know, you hear this talk about money and you hear that we can't get everything how do you How do you adapt to the changing times? You know, I'm not... <laughs> very adaptable. I mean, <laughs> I, mean I, you know, I, I mean, part of his age, every, you know, I mean, I could care less about Brett Bre Favre. You know, I, I get it. You know, I mean, Christy Matthewson, you know, yeah. I, I'm all in. Yeah. It's just, it's just a personal. Michael Winter, all in on too. <laughs> and, yeah. and so, you know, I, I and I, I really like the part, the part of the vintage stuff I like is knowing that I've got one or two or three of these six that exist uh, from 19, you know, 10 or 11 or whatever. <clears throat> you know, I've got, I, you know, I got a. Christy Matthewson TTL six is kind of broadleaf back, you know, the rare broadleaf back. It's probably the only one, you know. And I and I, you know, I got it at a card shop for a hundred bucks. So first base. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 I mean, you know, I so I mean, somebody's offered me a lot of money for that card. I'd rather have the card than the money. Mm -hmm. uh, but so it's, I mean, so much of it is a product of our age and and you know now. And to me, 50 stuff, I like 50 stuff, and I like the obscure 50 stuff, but, you know, it's not rare. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm just drawn to really rare stuff. Uh, I've got a lot of 50 stuff, but, um, I mean, how many, how many, you know, Sandy Koufax rookies are out there? I mean, Shady, thousands yeah, and thousands. Still Marcus. <clears throat> yeah. Still Marcus. You, you still? That's, that's rare. Okay, I yeah, Stallmeyers are good. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I like those. I got a story from back in, I think, 1991, probably. I was, uh, my wife and I took a vacation and we had uh, uh, a babysitter to come take care of our kids. And uh, the babysitter was a gal, a nice gal, and she brought either a boyfriend or somebody that was a close friend and he got to come over. And I know you're thinking the wrong thing. My daughters show him, who happens to be a collector, where the closet where I keep my 50 sets. And Years later, I find out that guy was Eddie Kelly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the was locked. You came over to our house. And I don't, I don't think it was Jana. It was something that you used to have a connection. Oh, really? <clears throat> and you were there, and my daughter said, This guy came over. He said he was a collector. I showed him where the cards were. <laughs> <laughs> 
I do remember coming to your house. Oh, uh, this was '91. <laughs> yeah, so it's in the late '80s. Yeah, I was gonna say I bet it was the '80s because I yeah. dated Bo Snowden's niece. There you go. Okay, and so that's the connection. Is um, <laughs> thank you for being honest, guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I realized that when the, I mean, you wouldn't pick the lock; you'd just smash the door. Mm-hmm. You guys have any suggestions about? I mean, some of you all listen to the podcast, but I mean, it, or if you, even if you haven't, I mean, what do you, what would you want to hear? I mean, I really want to thank everybody here as well as the people tomorrow that gave me encouragement to move out and do mm-hmm. do a podcast. It was less uh, complicated than I thought. But probably more complicated than I realized when I started. <laughs> and uh, doing something daily and trying to you know, limit it to 15 minutes, which is easy on some subjects and, and, and difficult on others. Um, but what, what would you all want to hear? I mean, because again, I'm trying to do a blend of modern and vintage and not making it so timely that if you didn't listen to it on the day, it had no value the next day. But I didn't want to check him out today. That's a test, guys. You're supposed to say, oh, I think it'd be good, especially coming from you, just some of, and I've seen some episodes on like investment fallacies, yeah, yeah. but with so much people coming in, the comment yeah. that was just made about uh, investing in cars yeah. being rock solid, uh, just reflecting on the past, like documenting what's happened with cards in yeah. uh, over the years, different uh cycles that we've seen uh just so that people are aware and don't that people that came in late just thinking oh this is consistent this is you're not going to pop the bubble on your website or anything you want me to do it just a little bit well i think that everybody has the same common thrill as the hunt okay whether you're Favre, whether you're t206 broadleaf or whatever when you think about Hearing a podcast, if you really want to really pique the interest of those listening, it's talking about the finds. Okay. I mean, you could do 68 episodes just here with you. Okay. Same thing with you. I mean, you know, everybody has, you've gotten great finds. You found stuff. I mean, you know, the stories of maybe you finding that, that card, you know, that T206. I I mentioned that before, but I know it's, I want to hear, but you know, Jim's stories of traveling back in the day. Absolutely. The (laughs) (laughs) But you know, one of the funniest stories that ever happened uh, in my collecting realm was I got a call from a guy from Spring, uh, Springdale, Arkansas. And he said, man, I got your name from a card collector up here. And he said, you buy cards. And I'm like, well, what do you have? And I know he's going to tell me $19.92, right? <laughs> and he goes, well, he goes, it, it's all stuff from the 30s. Don't worry. And I'm like, say what? Well, how many you got? And he goes, 500 cards. And I said, you got to be kidding me. So I said, well, I'll be there at 10 o'clock in the morning. So I left at 5 o'clock in the morning, drove all the way down there, knocked at his door at 945. He opens it up. And he has two cigar boxes. I mean, I'm thinking, this is just jackpot. I mean, this is going to be great, right? And I open it up, and there's Lone Ranger. And I'm like. So I'm shuffling through it, and there's horrors of war. Ripley's, believe it or not, Mickey Mouse. I'm so mad. Okay, I'll take them. Well, well, I don't know anything about this stuff, right? And so I'm like, I go, man, I'm so sorry. I thought this was baseball. You know, I I, I can't buy this. And he goes, you got to. You're the only person that's going to buy this. And I said, what do you want for it? He said, 500 bucks. I said. A dollar card. I mean, obviously, I'm going to do that. Okay, that's fine. So I buy it. I'm dog cussing him all the way down to 75. And I pick up the phone. I call a guy from New York and I said, Man, this old boy just sold me a bunch of Mickey Mouse crap. And he was like, Well, those Mickey Mouse cards aren't bad. And I was like, Well, you know, I guess you're right. I mean, I don't know. I mean, there's no rookie cards in Mickey Mouse. You know? And he goes, He goes, Well, you know, card number one, obviously, is a good one. Card number, he's going through it. And I'm looking at it as I'm driving. I'm like, 
Dude, I got number 97, 99, 98, 100, 101, 102. He goes, Shane, you got the rare set. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> they, they sold that set for $33,000, okay? <laughs> just that little 24-card set. And uh, But, I mean, it was just, it was the greatest little story. Because you're thinking, I didn't get anything from this, you know? But you hear those things, and I think that really is a cool thing to hear. Yeah, it is. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Mike <laughs> <laughs> Jim, Jim, if you... I mean, you need to get John, John Esch to tell this. Yeah, find his Houston yeah. find. Yeah. His sometime on the podcast. I invited him to this. He just, his hearing is too bad. His hearing is bad. Yeah. But, was he one of the But he bought a trunk load for it. He paid, what, 12 grand for it? Oh, he's... And... and his wife was going to divorce him. And, and, <laughs> and, and, then, and then, and then, you know, this was in the late seventies, early eighties. Then it was worth over a hundred thousand. Then. Yeah. Wow. You can go the other way too. You can talk to people about mm-hmm. what one thing they like to do over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. everybody has one of those. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Mm. I did an episode about buy low, sell high that people liked mm-hmm. because that sounds foolproof. Mm-hmm. But every time I did buy low and then sell high, it went high. I really wound up selling low. <laughs> <laughs> and so they're. Because yeah. nobody knows how high high is. You don't know. What's fun about the rare stuff is you set your own price. Mm-hmm. So two years ago on eBay, I saw mm-hmm. an ambrotype of a baseball player. I didn't know what the hell an ambrotype was. Even two or three years ago, I'd like Google it. You know, in the inside of it, it was engraved, 1860, June 4th, and the guy's name. Mm-hmm. So the guy on eBay won like 3500 3, and offered like 2800 and he took it. And so, I don't know, it was six months or a year later at the most, I walked into the National, and the first auctioneer that saw it bought it for $30,000. And I just put a number on it. I'm like, I'm not going to sell it for less. I have no idea what it's worth. Thirty grand if you want it. And he said, okay. Those are, those are cool. Mm. <laughs> You just put the price on them when they're yeah, rare. Right. That would be finished. That's finished. Yeah. <laughs> By the definition. <laughs>